Church, He is risen. He is risen indeed. We're so delighted that you're here to rejoice and just celebrate this great Resurrection Sunday with us. If you would now, would like to ask you to turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 24. The book of Luke, chapter 24, we're going to read verse 36 through verse 47. Now as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled and why do you what is doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, Have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of a boiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate in their presence. And he said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all, all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and, and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. This morning, church, I've titled my message, Declared to be Shared. Declared to be Shared. And there's two ways that I would like for us to understand that title today. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior has been declared to us and it is to be shared. It's our responsibility to tell the world there is a risen Savior reigning and ruling on heaven's throne today. He is alive. He was dead. He paid for our sins. But on the third day He rose again. The other way that our would like for us to see this title today declared to be shared is that the resurrection life of Jesus is something that He calls us to share in, to experience, to participate in. The same power that entered the tomb and brought life to our Savior. Resurrection life is the same Holy Spirit that brings resurrection life to every one of us. Let's welcome His resurrection life on this Sunday. If there's an area of your life today that you're struggling, that you're experiencing death just coming against you, then welcome His resurrection life and power on this resurrection Sunday. I want us to look at verse 39 again. It's interesting to me in Luke 24, verse 39, 
Jesus says to them, He appears to them all of a sudden, and He speaks and He says, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is, my, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Jesus was calling them to celebrate the fact He wasn't a spirit, He wasn't a ghost, that He was fully, completely alive, that He was flesh and bones. They were to celebrate the physical, tangible resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, that's what we're celebrating. But there are many people that have attempted through the years in every way that you can possibly think to discredit the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There have been those that have said, well, Jesus just fainted on the cross and and He came to in the cool tomb when they placed Him there. They've come up with other ridiculous ideas. But if you're a true student of history and study the facts, what is given, then you see that there is no other explanation, no other choice, church, than Jesus physically rose from the dead. And that's what we're celebrating today. That's what He was calling the disciples to celebrate with Him at that time. This is actually the third time that the Easter Sunday narrative appears in Luke's Gospel. The first time, Jesus is not seen. And the second, Jesus appears on the, to two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Then they go to tell the disciples. And so they were all together and Jesus appears there in their midst. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus declares, I am He who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Church, not only does He declare that He's living, that He's alive, that He's alive forevermore, but He declares, church, that He is ruling over the powers of hell and the powers of death today. Church, that's what we're celebrating. He's alive. He's on the throne. He has all authority and all power. He is ruling and reigning over all the authority and power of hell, death, and the grave. We're celebrating that truth today. And church, it never gets old. It never gets old. I've been celebrating the Resurrection Sunday in church since before I can remember. My parents would bring me as a baby, as a young child. And I I remember through the years all of these instances going and, and getting dressed to go to church and coming in and celebrating and what a great day it is. And church, I'll tell you right now, I am still excited about Resurrection Sunday. I'm more excited about Resurrection Sunday today than I've ever been in my life because His resurrection power is real and He's moving and His resurrection life is flowing to the church and to lives through the church. And so we're celebrating that today. I love that. There's a passage in Hebrews chapter 14 that I pray will come alive to your heart today. It's 
Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. This passage reads, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. It's saying Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. That He left the glory of heaven and became a man, just like we are flesh and blood. And then it goes on and it says that through death, He might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. This is a powerful passage. I want you to to just grasp this. It says that Jesus died so he could destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus destroyed the power of the devil by dying for us. Hallelujah. And then it says, and to release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Today, church, there are people around the world that are living and struggling in the fear of death. They're struggling with it because of this coronavirus that has swept around the world and and there are people dying from that virus. But church, I want you to know right now, the resurrected Savior and Lord is greater than any sickness and any disease. He's greater than any pestilence. And He wants to set you free from the fear of death. Death tries to come, church. It tries to come into our lives and seep in any way that it can. It'll try to seep into your marriage and the fear of death will come and you'll think, I'm going to end up, this marriage is going to end up in in divorce. I'm going to end up separated. One of us is going to leave. That is the fear of death coming and lying to you. And church, wherever that spirit of death comes and tries to infiltrate into your home, into your family, into your life, you need to realize that Jesus died and He rose again, that you could be set free from the fear of death coming into your life. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that church? I want you to know that it's a current possibility. It's resurrection now. It's His power working in our lives right now. In Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it brings this truth forth. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit, dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The same Holy Spirit that brought life to our Savior and to our Lord, that same Holy Spirit works in our mortal bodies and brings resurrection life and power wherever death is trying to come against you and your family. Too many times 
We look at Jesus, church, and we think of Him dying, and we, we think of the resurrection and what He did for us, and we think about heaven. We think about that's what matters. That's, that's why He did it. And church, I am thankful there is a heaven. There is a hell to shun and there is a heaven to gain according to Scripture. And and the Lord wants us to know today, church, that it's more than just going to heaven someday. It's experiencing His power and His presence through the presence of the Holy Spirit working in us and through us today. It's that life, that resurrection life and power that we are to experience today. And it is to flow through our lives and minister to others. And that's my prayer today, that this Resurrection Sunday, that there are people from not only Wasilla watching today, but from over the United States, from around the world, I'm praying that somehow God would connect them to this broadcast. And I believe God can do that. The other day I shared with you, I was in Texas for a few days. And at that time I received a call and it was a number that I didn't recognize, but I knew it was from Alaska. It had a 907 area code. And I answered... And I said, hello, this is Pastor Milt. And I heard a voice that was kind of stunned. And that voice said, is this the Pastor Milt that comes to Goose Creek once a month and preaches? And I said, well, yes, it is. And he said, well, I don't know how this happened. I was calling my wife, but I got connected to you. And the same God that did that miracle, and I prayed with that young man, That night, that same God is able to take this streaming and connect people around the world. And that's our heart and that's our prayer today. That there would be people that would come to know Jesus. There would be people that would be set free from the the things that have them bound in this life. And that today people would be healed because of that resurrection power of the Holy Spirit. It's the same today and it still ministers through us and in us. The Bible teaches us also in in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, that we're in a wrestling match, that we have an opponent, the devil. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. It tells us he also comes with that spirit of death to take hold and hinder us. And he desires to do it for our entire lives. He wants to to enter in and seep in. And He desires, church, for us to to succumb to that fear of death and and just remain struggling against that fear of death for our entire lives. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because there is a fear in your life that you have been struggling with. You can't remember when you haven't struggled from it. It seems like all your life you've struggled from that fear that death is coming against you in that area of your life. And I want to tell you right now, today, let Jesus bring resurrection freedom from His resurrection life and power into your life. He'll do it today. He'll do it today. In Luke, again, Our text, chapter 24 and verse 37. 
But they were terrified and frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Why? Why were they so frightened? Because they saw Jesus die. There was no doubt in their minds. They saw Him crucified on the cross. They saw what He went through. They saw Him buried in the tomb. And now they were just overcome. How could this be? How could this truly be Jesus? We saw Him die. That same spirit of death is what we're fighting against today. There are those that are worried about the coronavirus. I'm not worried about it one bit because I know resurrection life is greater. I know that the precious blood of Jesus is greater. And I prayed Psalm 91 over my home, over my family, and over our church family. And I, I believe that the blood of Jesus is greater than all of our sin. It's greater than any sickness and any disease that would try to come. Any pestilence, according to Scripture. And so we're not afraid today. We're rejoicing in what the Lord's done. In verse 38, again in Luke 24, And He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. He's calling them, church, to celebrate the physical reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Church, because He lives, we can live also. It's as if Jesus was saying, I wrestled death for you and I won. Hallelujah. Church, today, there's three other passages that I want to look at. Because Jesus has a resurrection for every one of you today, but every resurrection is different. I want you to say that with me. Every resurrection is different. The first resurrection I want us to note is in Mark chapter 5, verse 21. It's Jairus' daughter. It says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and, be and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him. And a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And then I'm going to jump down to verse 35 because this is the portion of the, the woman with the issue of blood. And for time's sake, we're going to skip over that. Verse 35, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, He said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And He permitted no one to follow Him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Then He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult. And those who wept and wailed loudly... When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those 
who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Tilatha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know it. And he said that something should be given her to eat. Now there's three simple things I want us to see in this resurrection story. Where resurrection life from Jesus enters the situation and brings life where there was death. First of all, there's a tremendous difference between what the world says and what Jesus says. I want you to get that in your heart. Get that in your life today. There's a difference from what the world is saying about the virus and what's going around and how many are going to die, how bad it's going to be, and what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. Church, rejoice with me today in what Jesus says. When you're in the middle of a struggle with death and, and the fear of death, Church, you need to know what Jesus says. You need to know what the Word of God says. You need to hide it in your heart. Hide it in your heart. And prepare to stand up and trust in what Jesus said. Notice what He said in this situation. He said, do not be afraid, only believe. And church, I'm going to tell you the same thing today. I'm going to tell you that right now, church. Do not be afraid, only believe. <laughs> Hallelujah. The second thing I want us to see in this resurrection is our own minds will argue against the promises of God. When doubt attacks, we should not give up, but, but fight and overcome the doubt. Church, right now, some of us are in that struggle. Some of us are, are fighting for, what, for various situations and various things we're going through. And church, I want you to know right now, your, your mind, your fallen mind is going to try to discount the promises of God, telling you that you can't trust in them, you can't hold on to them. But that's exactly what you need to do. Church, you need to not be afraid and only believe. Only believe. Hallelujah. Believe. Take a stance and say, Devil, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to fight the lies you're coming against me with. I'm not going to receive them. I'm not going to live under a fear of death or allow death to come and take over this situation, this place in my life. I'm going to fight for the promises of God. I'm going to hold on to every promise that Jesus has ever given me because it is truth and I can trust Him. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're in the parking lot, honk your horns. Say hallelujah with me. The third thing, Jesus knows that this girl is going to walk out and that people are going to see her. They're going to know without a doubt that a miracle took place. So why does He tell them not to talk about this? It says in verse 43, He commanded them strictly that no one should know it. That seems strange to us. And what I think that Jesus was saying there to His church, He's telling us, 
Do not make a big deal out of, out of receiving resurrection power, but you need to accept it. It's a part of your daily life. It's not a big deal. It's part of being a Christian. Amen? It's part of being a Christian. Experiencing that resurrection life, that power, that freedom from the, from the fear of death. Church, it's just part of being one of Jesus' children. It's something that we should expect in this life. That we should know that I'm going to experience that resurrection life and power. I love that. Amen. The second resurrection I want to quickly look at is the widow's son at Nain. In Luke chapter 7. Verse 11, Luke chapter 7, verse 11. Now it happened the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of that city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet is risen among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. This is another time where the resurrection life of Jesus comes against death and defeats it. Now there's three things I'd like quickly to look at this resurrection encounter. Her son was the only remaining means of social identity and support. When, a, when a, a woman lost her husband and then lost her son, there was nobody else to take care of her. She became in this culture a beggar. She lost all social status and all financial support. She became a beggar. In other words, she was hopeless. Church, she didn't, she didn't know what she was going to do. There was no answer. There was, she was in a hopeless situation. And today, many of you are in a hopeless situation because the fear of death has come against you. And I want to tell you right now, Jesus' resurrection life and power is going to come and set you free from that fear of death. The second thing, the large crowd of mourners revealed that there was a great love for the deceased. And it shows the severity of the loss. Some of you today, church, some of you today have lost a great deal. Some of you may have even lost a family member or a friend to this virus. And I want to encourage you today because there is a resurrection if your loved one knew Jesus. There is life 
past this world. There's a life of purpose, a life of God's design, and a life of God's plan. And if you're in a situation where you're struggling from loss today, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Stand on the promises of God and give that loss to the Lord and let Him bring healing and wholeness to your life. The third thing, Jesus touching the coffin would have, been, would have rendered Him ceremonial unclean. According to Numbers chapter 19, He wasn't to touch a dead person. And yet, what does this tell us? It tells us that the authority of Jesus, His resurrection life, when it comes, it reverses the direction of the defilement. Everybody say that with me. It reverses the direction of the defilement. In other words, He cleansed this body by His resurrection life and power. He brought life into this body and no longer was the defilement there. In church, He can do the same thing in our lives today. Hallelujah. Some of you think, church, some of you think because of your past and what you've delved in and the things that you've done. There's no hope that Jesus would never want you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's another battle with the fear of death. And I want to encourage you today. Jesus will come with resurrection life and He will, church, turn that defilement to cleansing. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for that today. And finally, the last resurrection story, I want to just take a minute, and we're not going to go through the whole thing because it's a lengthy story, but it's the resurrection of Lazarus. And in John chapter 11, verse 1 through 46, we find it. I'm only going to read a few verses. I'm going to start with verse 11. Jesus said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. And then in verse 14, he had to make it clear to the disciples because they, they thought he was really sleeping, he was just sick, he was going to be okay. Jesus uh, corrects them and says, Lazarus is dead. But look at verse 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. That's an astonishing statement in this situation. Why on earth would Jesus tell them He was glad He wasn't there? Because if He was there, He could have healed Lazarus. But now, Lazarus has died. And church, you may be in that situation where you think something has completely died. You don't think there's any hope of the Lord resurrecting that area in your life. And I want to tell you, church, you just need to believe. And look what he says. He tells them, I'm glad I wasn't there. And then he says, that you may believe. There's a powerful truth there, church, that when resurrection life is flowing through our lives, it's going to Bring faith to those that see it. <laughs> Hallelujah! Honk your horns. 
Say amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> when resurrection life comes and people see the resurrection power of Jesus Christ working in your life, it is going to bring them to faith in Jesus. It is going to increase their faith if they already know Jesus. It is going to strengthen their faith. No matter how long they've been a believer, it's going to increase that faith and make it stronger. So welcome the resurrection life of Jesus to work in you and work through you. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to be honking their horn. The Lord desires for us to experience His resurrection power that others will see what He's done and that their faith will grow and be stronger. That's why Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. Church, we're living in the last days. There's no doubt about that. And it's time for the church to have that same desire, that same heart. Oh, that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. That it's evident in my life that people see that and it brings them to faith. In verse 23 of this same Resurrection story in John chapter 11. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Mary understands in this passage that Jesus was speaking about the resurrection in the future. And that's not what Jesus was talking about. They had gathered together around Him. They were mourning that Lazarus was gone. In church, again, you need to realize that resurrection life of Jesus, it's not just for when we grow old in years and, and maybe a sickness comes and we do experience that death. It's appointed unto man once to die, the Bible says. We're going to go through that, but it's just a door. Its power's been broken. Its power's been robbed. And we're going to enter into eternity. But church, it's more than that. It's for you right now. It's for your family right now. No matter who you are, the resurrection power and life of Jesus is for you right now. That's exactly what Jesus was telling Mary. When Mary says, oh, I know there's going to be a resurrection in the future, Lord. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life right here, right now, in this situation. In church, that's exactly what Jesus is saying to you today, I am the resurrection and the life right now in the situation that you're in. No matter how great it seems, no matter how hopeless it appears to be, no matter how dead it is, I am the resurrection and the life. Church, wherever you are, if you're in your, your cars in the parking lot, if you're at home, Wherever you are, I want you to join me right now in a prayer. 
If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. I want you to say a prayer with me and receive Jesus into your life. Church, if, if there's someone there with you that is a believer, but the fear of death has a grip on them, or if death itself has come, seeped in to the marriage, to the family, to, to relationship, to your job, wherever it's come, you need to believe Jesus to bring resurrection life to that that's struggling from death. Whatever it is today, church, I want you to pray with me right now. Lord Jesus, we thank You that You conquered hell, death, and the grave. Lord Jesus, I thank You that You're greater than all my sin, and I'm a sinner. I've failed according to Your Word, Lord. I'm not perfect. Lord, I have transgressed the laws of God. And I come to You today, Lord, as a sinner, and I ask You to forgive me of every sin. I ask You right now, Lord, to touch my life, to come into my heart, to come into my life with Your resurrection power and cleanse me and forgive me and resurrect me, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now, whatever area of my life, Lord, that death has come and it appears to be totally, completely gone. It's over. It's dead. Lord, I ask You to bring resurrection life right now. And Lord, in Your name, wherever I'm struggling against the fear of death, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I ask You, Lord, to break off that fear of death. In the name of Jesus, and set me free. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. And I'm going to ask you to join me and just celebrate and worship the Lord on this Resurrection Sunday. Because He lives, church. He lives. My Savior is alive today. Your Savior is alive today. He lives. He lives. Because He lives, we can face the challenges of life, the disappointments where, where that spirit of death tries to seep in. And we can overcome it because He conquered it. Hallelujah. I want you to join us as we just begin to worship for just a minute on this Resurrection Sunday. This is going to be the last service that we're going to have this week or this Sunday. We're not going to have our normal Sunday night praise and worship. The staff and everybody involved has been working very hard during these times. And we're going to let them go home and just enjoy Easter uh, at home with their families. And so God bless you. Let's join together and let's celebrate the resurrection of our Lord.
are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. You are. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here, touching every heart. I worship you, I worship you. You are here, healing every heart. I worship You are here, you are here, turning lives around, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, bending every heart, everyone, I worship you, I worship you, sing it out, you are. Stop, 
You never stop working. You never stop. You never even stop when, working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never even when. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Oh, you are. Waymaker, miracle worker. Pastor Nick is going to come up and end us off in prayer. Let's just focus on him for a little bit longer. For who he is, he's so worthy of everything we can give him. He's a way maker. Oh, he's a promise keeper. Shines the light in the darkness. Oh, that's just who he is. He can't help it. That's who he is. Sing this chorus one more time before Pastor Nick comes. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Last time you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. 
God, we thank you so much for all that you do. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus and for the resurrection life that we can have. I thank you that you've come to give us life and life to the fullest. And so I pray for everybody watching over the live stream right now that they would encounter you, that they would share in the experience of true life. And I pray blessing and favor over their lives, over their family and their extended family. We just love you so much. Thank you, Summit Worship Center, for tuning in. And uh, stay healthy, stay happy, stay joyful. Bless you in Jesus' name. today. We look forward to connecting with you next time. And don't forget, you can support us by giving through the Church Center app or by going online at summitwc.com give.